This podcast is sponsored by Thermo.io. Stay tuned for more information about them later in the show. Welcome to the Voices of the Elephant podcast. Each episode of Voices of the Elephant brings you an interview with a member of the PHP community. From project leaders to user group organizers, we talk to the people that are helping make the PHP community special. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Elephant. We're here in Austin, Texas at Longhorn PHP. I got it right. I didn't say Lone Star. Uh, we're at Longhorn PHP, the very first one. And my special guest today is Mr. Michael Stowe. Say hi to everybody, Mike. Hi, everybody. Now, Mike, you've just taken a new job um, a couple months ago. I mean, for forever you've been, um, you were at um, MuleSoft. I was, and then I did the Silicon Valley thing and joined a startup. There you go. What possessed you to do that? Are you being actually being paid in stock options? No, I'm kidding. Well, no, no. So actually, I saw the, the show Silicon Valley. I was like, no, I want to you know, join Pied Piper. <laughs> I need to find like Gavin Belson go go that route. Got to yeah, have Unfortunately, Cooley got me, so I, I had to join Ring Central <laughs> a couple months ago. Too funny. Okay, um, tell us a little bit about what what does Ring Central do other than sponsor conferences um, in the PHP area? Well, so so Ring Central is essentially a communications platform. Uh, so when you look at it, you think about your uh, work today. You have probably an office phone. Uh, you probably have you know Slack messaging or Skype messaging. You probably do meetings. Uh, you might have a fax machine. Mm -hmm. And when things go crazy, you're probably texting your coworkers saying, where are you? I need your help. What RingCentral does, we take all those things and combine them into a single platform. Oh. So you can have your office phone, the same phone you're using now. But if you're on the road, it can also ring your cell phone or it can ring your desktop. Uh, you can use business messaging, but you can also handle your SMS messages in the business messaging mm -hmm. or something to go back and forth. Uh, basically, what we're looking at is 69% of uh, people in the workforce waste about 32 hours, a, or sorry, 32 days a year wow. going between apps trying to handle, like, I need to do Slack, I need to do email, I need to do this. Yeah. We want to make that process easier. Uh, and the exciting thing about that is we also have an API, which is obviously why I'm here, mm -hmm. uh, as we're going to talk about APIs later. And with the API, you can really customize that. So if you want uh, to configure your schedules where, uh, based on certain uh, outlined circumstances, it rings to one phone or not another, you can do that with the API. Or if you want to send text messages, mm -hmm. uh, great thing with Ring Central, you get unlimited text messages, unlimited uh, voice calling with your plans. You can use your API to take advantage of those text messages, uh, MS, uh, voice, uh, or if you want to go the old school route, fax messaging. So what I'm hearing is you have a Slack to fax or fax gateway then. Yeah, yeah we kind of do everything. <laughs> no, uh, well, th th that's very interesting. Um, now, you, you, you made the switch. Um, what's it like with the startup life? I mean, you, you were at a, um, MuleSoft was a very stable company. I mean, I, I've been over to your offices over mm -hmm. there, uh, beautiful offices, but, you know, they, they've been around. Uh, what's it like living the startup life now? You know, so it, it was fun because, you know, MuleSoft, when I joined, was about 300 people. Mm -hmm. uh, then I went to Tigera, which was, I think, 14 people at the time. <laughs> uh, when I left MuleSoft, we were about uh, 800. So it went from being like, here's a great idea. Let's get a team together and knock this out to here's a great idea. You do it. <laughs> um, I, I learned to stop giving ideas very quickly. <laughs> no, I, uh, startup life, it, it's very different. You know, mm -hmm. it's very scrappy. Uh, you learn to, to do a, a lot with a little. Um, but you also get very close with your coworkers. Like a lot of great coworkers at MuleSoft, mm -hmm. uh, amazing people. 
but you know, with uh, Tiger, you, know, you get 14 people locked in a room, and you know, you form a lot of friendships and uh, a lot of heavy nights of drinking, I guess. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was fun. Uh, you know, going back to Ring Central. Ring Central is a more established company, so you know, kind of going from 300 to 14 to 2,000. Oh, okay. Uh, has been a little bit of a, a jump, but yeah. you know, it's nice to say I have this idea. They say, "Great, talk to this team." Uh, on the flip side, you know, it's the challenge of the trade-off of I have an idea that's nice. Here's a 20-step process to make it happen. So you went from an established company to you got your fix of the startup life, and now you're back uh, working with a, a larger company. Yes, yeah. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, the real thing that did it for me was trees. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Ring Central's based in uh, Belmont, California, so when I go there, now I actually see trees and grass. <laughs> and, you know, it's a very different experience than you know going through a tunnel to, on the train to get to San Francisco. Yeah. Both great cities, but... Yeah, but one of only one of them has, has open green space. So exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, you do an awful lot of work with um, APIs. You you um, spend a lot of time at MuleSoft um, helping people understand APIs. You're now working with Ring Central, helping developers understand their APIs. What is the one thing that you see that developers constantly miss about APIs when they're designing their APIs? You know, I think the biggest thing they miss, I think there's two things. Uh, one is in APIs in general. The second is the design. Mm-hmm. Uh, in APIs in general, I think we sometimes miss the purpose or potential of APIs. And mm. that is, you know, th- this is an abstraction. Um, it's something that we should be able to design to be truly flexible, extendable, and, and really allow our users to utilize their software without getting sucked into the, you know, fine-grained uh, aspects of how we built it, whether it's Java, whether you know, we're using a solution like Twilio, Nextmore, Ring Central, like none of that should matter. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of design, uh, I still think we have this uh, build first version later mindset mm. of saying just you know crank it out there, get it out there, have the minimal viable product, you know. And I think some of that's the business aspect driving it. Let's test it, and, and not realizing you know when we build this, we need to make sure it's built long term. Yeah, um, I think well, that's why we're seeing things like. We were talking versioning APIs yesterday uh, for a little bit, and um, whenever I talk APIs, MailChimp always comes up because this is the one that I use the most um, and love. And they have just recently um, gotten rid of their version 2 API. Mm-hmm. You know, um, The thing I loved about it was they told me, I think I had like a year, year and a half, you know, that says, okay, this is the transition from two to three. Three's available, two's going to be still there, but at this point, two's going away, you know, mm-hmm. and so I had plenty of time to do it. But, you know, like everybody else, they simply added V2 and V3 to their API. Is, is that how you version APIs? I mean, I don't build a lot of APIs, but is that how you do it for the long term? So there's lots of ways to version APIs. Um, but though if you build it correctly, and this is like a dream hypothesis or dream scenario, you shouldn't version them at all. Hmm. Uh, you know, so for example, you can version them using it in the URL. You can version it in uh, the header, mm-hmm. or you can version it in the content type. Those are the three primary ways we've seen people do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do in a header, typically you're doing a custom header, which is why we, we try to get people to avoid that because then mm. each API has its own different header for what version the API is. Oh, so there's no standard header for what version you're currently talking about? There isn't, no. So basically it would be like X org version, Mm -hmm. um, which is typically X company name version. Um, You you can do it in the content type where you can say, you know, this is application uh, slash JSON plus V1. but again, you're asking developers to be very careful and understand what content type they're requesting. And yeah. 
you know, we, we still have developers that when they make a, a request on JSON API, they're not saying, you know, content type is uh, JSON or accept JSON. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I'm guilty of that a lot of times, you know, when, especially when I'm just using um, curl. You know, yes, yeah. I, I, I rarely take the extra effort to say, oh, yeah, add this header in. You know, if I'm using the SDK, they usually throw it in there for me and I feel good about myself. <laughs> you know? Well, if it makes you feel any better, so I, I use Postman a lot and mm -hmm. I'm incredibly lazy with Postman. We're like, post, here's the thing, here's the, and if I can skip like the headers and, and skip the content type, <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, just give me something back. I'll take whatever you got. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I usually get back an error saying, you know, you know better than this. Um, but. Uh, so the URL is usually the most explicit of, you know, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, the other problem you run into is if you have multiple versions, you know, how do you handle the version where, okay, I made a version one API call here. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have hypermedia, does it leave me a version two? Do I want to go back to version one? What's the content differences? Uh, so, so versioning, you know, uh, is what I call a necessary evil. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where we you rely on it too much and we do it for the wrong reasons. You know, essentially there are three times I think you should version your API. The first is um, you built an API uh, and, you know, you are a pizza company and you decide, you know, we're become a uh, auto mechanic company. Well, your, your solution is completely different. Your platform is completely different. You know, you did a whole Silicon Valley pivot. Probably makes sense to rewrite your API so that it matches that. Yeah. Uh, the second is you built an API and it's no longer extendable. You know, you said, okay, here's my API. Uh, crap, I can't add anything more to this endpoint. I can't adjust this. I can't change it. You coded yourself into a corner. Exactly. I extend the class too many times. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is you need to change your technologies. You know, you're using SOAP and your customers are demanding REST uh, or heaven forbid you have a customer demanding GraphQL, which is a whole different conversation. Um, no, you had me at you're using SOAP. So, you okay, know. perfect. <laughs> I think I got myself in trouble with the GraphQL community. I, GraphQL is a great solution as a query language. I'll leave it at that. Um, you know, but those are three times you should version. You okay. know, if you're version because you added data or, you know, you need to... Uh, change something. Uh, you shouldn't be making changes that are backwards incompatible. Yeah. Well, if you when you do version, please God make very clear documentation um, because I'd been using Mailchimp version two API for for some time and they had a beautiful wrapper um, that was available from Composer and all this kind of stuff and. Then they went to this new version. They didn't put a, a wrapper on it, but it was very easy to do with curl, mm -hmm. except this one situation. They have an address field, and the fields inside the address field are delimited by two spaces. And I had somebody, I wasn't trimming a, um, a piece of information, and somebody put two spaces at the end or between the number and the street address. Well... It, all it came back with was, we can't process this. Yeah. Tell me what this was. Just tell me. So if you're going to do that, document your, you know, document it very well. And um, good error messages really help. Tell me exa exactly what the problem is, not go figure this out. Yeah, you know? yep. Uh, so actually, I was talking about this yesterday. It's great being in Texas because this actually happened uh, from a company in Texas where I was using an API and I got an error. Mm -hmm. And the error said, we're sorry, we're all building a rocket ship. <laughs> and I nearly drove from Minnesota at the time to Texas to see this rocket ship. I'm like, well, what do you mean you're building a rocket ship? My API is not working. Yeah. Um, but you, you brought up another good point, which is 
you know, when you create these APIs, you version, first of all, it's really hard to get people to move from version one to version two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since you brought MailChimp, I'll bring up Constant Contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Constant Contact, uh, they're in the process of releasing the version three API, and they're still trying to get rid of their version one API. Mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah. you know, the problem is, obviously, you have customers where the customer's like, no, we're using this API. We don't have the resources to update or upgrade. And by the way, we're paying you a million dollars, so tough. Yeah. Uh, or worse, you have the internal stakeholder who says, you know, we could update to the API or we could actually build the stuff we're supposed to build and get out on our deadlines. <laughs> and then you're stuck with a DB2 on a mainframe for, you know, 30 years. Um, but you know, when you build APIs, like you said, it has to be usable. You know, mm-hmm. things like that get missed. You talk about the design aspect. Uh, you know, we do UI design for websites. We do UI design for uh, applications. We should be doing UI design for APIs. You know, yep. it doesn't mean you have to have, you know, pretty drop downs, but rather it should be, you know, is this easy to use, and is it uh, to the point where you don't need documentation? You know, if you can, you know, understand how to make a simple HTTP call, mm-hmm. can you figure out the API with minimal or no documentation? Well, and I call that um, developer experience, which yeah. is a subset of the user experience um, train of thought or discipline. You know, but um, DX is very important to people that consume APIs. And I've walked away from APIs that I looked at and said, I just can't figure this out. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I do so much work with Twitter and almost no work with Facebook is because the Twitter API is very clean and very easy to understand, whereas the Facebook, Facebook designed one of the world's largest Rube Goldbergs. You know, it's just difficult to work with. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not worth the effort, you know? No, I, I no. get what I need out of Twitter, so... Well, and that's what things, you know... I was talking to a developer the other day, he said people use our API because they have to. Mm-hmm. And the answer is they only have to as long as they're locked into your solution. Yeah. You know, with Facebook, you have to use their API because they're Facebook. Uh, otherwise, if MySpace, you know, you know, was the big thing and it was an alternative, people would be using MySpace's APIs. Yeah, but as soon as... There, there's no loyalty there. Right, there's you no know? loyalty. As soon as something better comes along, they're out of there. Absolutely. Um, you were talking about deprecating old APIs. The um, Mailchimp did the tough love thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, we'll give you a year and a half, but after that, we're just going to cut it off. The best one I ever saw was they kept adding eight seconds. It's like every six months they added a sleep with eight seconds more to the API and an, a message in there that says, this is now taking this long. If you switch to the new API, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're without all these um, pauses in there. And, and that'll, that will get their attention. Yeah. <laughs> I have mixed feelings on that. Like it's brilliant and it's evil at the same oh, time. It's horribly evil. <laughs> hey, let's pause real quick. Yeah. Um, have a um, message from our sponsor. We really appreciate them uh, making this podcast available. Thermo I.O. is something new. Thermo gives developers the ability to innovate. They give you the power to create and destroy. They give you your own sandbox to play in so that you can build your next castle. Thermo provides high availability cloud computing for you to use as you see fit. The environments are priced by the hour, so you only pay for what you use. The Thermo control panel allows you to build, rebuild, grow, and shrink your environments on the fly. Here's the thing that sets Thermo apart from its competitors. Thermo support is available anytime you need them. The team is ready for your questions when you have them, not just when support is open. Visit their website today at thermo.io and start building your next great project. And we're back. 
Okay, um, you're now with Ring Central, mm -hmm. and you're working in a space that I mean, the only thing, the only term I can think of is telephony APIs, mm -hmm. which is a really big word for um, make a call and, or um, make an API call and make a phone ring. Yeah. So, um, what excites you about this space? So, I'm gonna get myself in trouble, and, and hopefully, none of my coworkers hear this. Um, Ring Central uh, had a great conversation about a year ago, mm -hmm. and I looked at their website, and I'm like, okay, they do SMS messaging, they do voice calls, yeah. you know, there's already a lot of companies out there. You obviously have Twilio, Nexmo, Plyvo, Singe, you know, the list goes on and on. And so I was kind of like, you know, I'm okay. I appreciate you know, the <laughs> conversation, uh, and you know, that, that I did the, the startup life. Uh, and then I remember, uh, you know, they, they called back and said, hey, you know, we, you've been at Tiger for a year. We're just curious how things are going. I'm like, yeah, you guys are still a voice and SMS company. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the first time I worked with Angie, uh, amazing person. Uh, she's more stubborn than me, which I, I have never met anybody in my life more stubborn than myself. Uh, you know, she said, you know, kept calling. She was finally, just take one more look. I said, fine, I'll take one more look. And I pulled up their website, and I dug in a little bit. They actually had some brand new pages, which were, what can you do with these endpoints? Hmm. And also I could see that, yes, you can do a voice call, you can do SMS, but you can do call logging, you can do transcription, you mm. can do conference calling, you can do meetings. And the thing that excites me is so many businesses you know, are, are struggling with on-premise systems. You know, MuleSoft, the whole thing we worked on was trying to help companies move to the cloud and you know, go off the DB2 you know, to use microservices. Mm -hmm. But in the uh, communication space, we're still really stuck in this mindset of, okay, we have to have all this hardware to have, you know, uh, a phone box exchange, uh, and we were going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars just to have this, and we have to pay the telephone company for a separate line, mm. and heaven forbid we have three offices in three different locations. Yeah. And what I really see Ring Central doing is saying, let's do for communications, you know, what, you know, the cloud has done for microservices. Oh, okay. You know, let's, let's, That's a good analogy. Yeah, let's say that you... Thank you. I, I, I'm, I'm glad I just thought <laughs> that one. I was like, man, what, how do I explain this? Um, you know, and, and so I really see us taking communications and making it so that things are mobile. We're empowering coworkers. We're getting rid of that 32 days a year of switching between apps, yeah. making it seamless, and also making it more organized. Um, you know, I'm going to pick on Slack really quick because I love Slack. Slack's a great solution. Well, that's um, one of us. <laughs> Give us so much help. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the challenge I have with Slack is it became overloaded. You know, I have 15 different groups I'm a part of, a uh, thousand messages. Somebody sent me something that's important. It disappears. You know, we, we tried to reimagine that with uh, our version, which is Glip, where, you know, when you sign up for Glip, somebody messages you, you can actually have a shelf. So they share a link. It shows up in the shelf and you can hmm. pin it. Or you have a calendar for the team, or if there's uh, events, or uh, if somebody shares a Word doc or PowerPoint, you can actually open up the PowerPoint in Glip and then say, oh, here's a comment on this, make this change. Hmm. And so you're actually able to collaborate there. That's very cool. Um, but beyond that, and I think it says earlier, somebody text messages me, I don't have to grab my phone and respond, it's right there in Glip, and I can respond in Glip mm -hmm. and have that record. Uh, and then if they call me, same thing. Um, so that's what I really like, is again, it's taking all that point in one place. Uh, and then also changing communications from here's a phone, good luck, you know, you can do things the old-fashioned way, uh, to here's a phone, but we want to meet your needs, and that means here are the APIs where you can change basically anything you want. You can change your area code, you can change your caller ID mm -hmm. uh, within reason, you can configure schedules, you can configure extensions, uh, you know, add a user. You mm -hmm. know, the old way of adding an uh, employee, you had to go get a new phone, get it all set up. 
then heaven forbid they leave and you have to get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. Here it's you click a button, you add them, you click a button, and everything's shut down. That is very cool. Well, Mike, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us here today on um, Voices of the Elephant. Thank you to Ring Central for sponsoring uh, Longhorn PHP. It, uh, love having you at these events, and we really appreciate them um, investing in our community. Well, I have to thank uh, both you and Longhorn PHP as well. Uh, you know, I made the mistake of, of telling one of my uh, patented jokes, uh, and I actually had one person laugh. Uh, so that, that made my day. Uh, so, so a big thank you to the organizers of Longhorn, all the other sponsors, of course, you, Cal, as well. Okay, thank you for joining us for another episode of Voices of the Elephant. We'll see you right here next week. Thanks for listening to Voices of the Elephant. Voices of the Elephant is copyright EICC Incorporated and released under a Creative Commons attribution, no derivatives, share and share alike license. To nominate someone to be a guest on Voices of the Elephant, visit our website and click on the nominate link. The URL is voicesoftheelephant.com. Elephant is of course spelled E-L-E-P-H-P-A-N-T.